Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to share what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Today, I have a wonderful guest, and I can't see the feed yet, so I'm curious to see if you see her upside down or right side up due to Windows and Google Meet and whatever and the amazing tech issues that come up. No, okay. Everybody does, I can confirm now, see you right side up. So wow, okay. it is it is just me. So as I uh, as I joked in the chat, we're trying to metaphorically flip the legal marketing space on its head, not uh, literally. So for those of you who don't know, Devin, Devin Slavinsky. Devin is a family law attorney in Roanoke, Virginia, whose firm started operating in 2018 and since then has grown 650%. Uh, she runs a very responsive firm, and I love that you put this about your firm. We are not perfect, but we strive for an SLA. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, we strive to get back to our clients in a certain amount of time. We are getting flagged. If we don't respond to a client within six hours, the firm is flagged. So we are always trying to be responsive to our clients. And I am certain that the 650% growth and the getting back in six business hours or less are probably fairly related oh, because absolutely. I know that's the biggest concern that we always see. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So I can elaborate on that a bit. You know, I think that's one thing that we've always distinguished um, has been a distinguishing feature for us. We're dealing with clients and family law situations, which are some of the most stressful situations that clients go through in their life. So from the first touch with our office, we strive to be not immediately responsive to everything that our client wants to contact us about, but to be reasonably quickly responsive. So that means if you call and you're a lead, you're going to get a conversation back with our intake team probably the next day. And if we're not able to get in touch with you and have a longer intake conversation, maybe not an attorney consultation, we're going to we're going to schedule that follow up. So you're going to know we're going to get in touch with you. But once you become our client, um, you know, any email you send, we are striving our best to respond within six business hours, which doesn't cover, you know, weekends. We believe everybody needs a break. Um, but during the week, you're probably going to get a response that business day or the beginning of the next business day or else, you know, we're breaching what we, we say is our service level agreement, even though we don't explicitly contract that with our clients. There we go. So today, Devin's going to be talking to us about the steps to creating organic community visibility. Before we dive deep into that, I do want to talk about our previous episode that aired last Thursday. Bernard Nomberg was nice enough to come on talking about finding the perfect mentor and knowing when to ask for help. I know that's something that is very near and dear to my heart, as well as many other attorneys. So if you're struggling with finding the right mentor and when to ask for help, uh, I'd urge you to listen to that episode after we hear from Devin on creating organic community visibility. And so I want to start here um, because this is, if you watched our last episode, this is how I talked about it. Uh, what is organic community visibility? Yeah. So, you know, we're not necessarily going out there and having community fundraisers. Not that there's anything wrong with that where we're branding it with our firm. You know, we're using our local community connections to just regularly make contacts with people to always be in contact with our, um, you know, community network with the other lawyers in our community. So we're doing the really classic stuff, you know, joining the bar organizations, joining our local inner court, being active in that, um, giving presentations um, where we can within the community. But another big part of that is 
my intake team is in touch with other family law attorneys in town on a regular basis trying to figure out who's taking new clients, who isn't taking new clients right now. And when we have overflow, we sometimes send those out to other attorneys in the community and it creates a really nice positive feedback loop where, where we can't help someone and we think they're a good client, we just don't have the resources right now to take the case on, we send it over there and you know what, we get those cases back um, you know, in a different form from those attorneys as well. So I don't think that's something that a lot of attorneys think about. You know, They think about their competitors and we just wanna keep all these leads for ourselves. But my thought has always been that if we have um, more leads contacting us than we can necessarily help or take on at every, any particular moment, we're gonna help match those people. I think it gives us a good um, reputation with the client, but it also you know, helps our fellow lawyers as well. So I wanna jump in for a second. Um, good friend of the show and an awesome guy, Russell Farbiar has had a great question. When you talk about your intake team, is that in-house and is that with an attorney or is it a mix of attorneys and non-attorneys? Can you go into a little bit more detail with that? And then we'll come back to what you were talking about. Absolutely. So um, our intake team, you know, Smith is a part of our intake team because they're fielding the initial calls, getting some very basic contact information. But we have... Um, an intake, not, I wouldn't call her a paralegal, but an intake professional who's a non-lawyer who will go and follow up with the clients and she will kind of, um, you know, decide, are they in our practice area? Are they somebody we reasonably think we can help? And, um, you know, if they're a bankruptcy client, she's just going to, you know, close the lead right then and refer them to another um, colleague in the area, same with a criminal case, which we don't take. Um, but she'll sort of see, you know, are they possibly a good fit? If they're clearly not, she'll try to find a match for them. But um, if they are a good match, it's going to get escalated to our intake attorney, um, who's a wonderful attorney who has practiced in our area, but went into kind of partial retirement and um, moved out of the state. So she doesn't really provide legal advice to our clients, but she's able to fluently talk with the clients about their legal issues and help sort of diagnose their issues as an initial impression and then she may further escalate the case to me or in some cases she's able to you know identify what needs to happen right then and there and we can talk you know talk about the case and get them started with a representation agreement pretty quickly without too much involvement from me and so i want to dive into something that you said before because it was such a great point how you're you're connecting with other attorneys that do what you do and obviously that don't do what you do to make sure clients get help because I always drive, try to drive this point home. There are four potential interactions you have with a client. There is the one-off, they hire you for one thing and that's it. There's the hire, they hire you for your area of practice and they only come back to you for your area of practice. There's they come to you with any legal need and then there's the come, they come to you whenever they need any, le any need legal or not. And so the minute that you are not helping people on these, you're out and it's just gonna be the one-off or just coming back to you for what you want. So what your team is doing there to make sure they get the right help, even if it's not you all, um, is fantastic because that's how you build super long-term relationships. That's how you turn clients into referral sources and raving fans and grow your organic community visibility. Mm -hmm. And I can just give you an anecdote from this morning. I had to go to court this morning on a matter and my client was there and my client brought a friend with her um, as support. And the client says, oh my goodness, I know who you are. You represented me, you know, in, in my divorce. And I thought, oh, wow, wow. What is, you know, what a small world. And I wanted you to help my friend because my friend really needed this help and you did a great job helping her today. I said, well, where did you find out about me? 
Um, well, another one of my clients. And so it truly is organic. And, you know, so now I've helped three people because I started with that one. And it just really continues to grow that way. And I, I mean, I think we all intuitively know that about lawyers, but man, did that make that really apparent to me this morning. So are there specific channels that you're doing more than most when it comes to that organic visibility? Like, is it, is it Facebook? Is it the referral relationships? Is it a multitude of them? Walk me through that a little bit, please. Well, you know, I wish I could say we had some fancy drip campaigns or something, and we don't. We just try to be really communicative with our clients. We follow up with them. Um, you know, we try to touch base with our clients after their case is closed, make sure they understand everything, you know, and I think they get a nice warm handoff when their case is closed. That makes them feel like they can come back in the future. So, you know, that's definitely one thing we, we do. But with other lawyers, you know, like I said, my my intake attorney who still has connections in this area because she's practiced there, you know, she's calling these lawyers every once in a while and talking to them and asking them how their practice is going, what kind of cases they want to see more of. And, you know, most of the time she's actually talking with my competitors um, in town. And but you know what? We get referrals back from our competitors, too. So, you know, I don't want to see other attorneys you know, lose out on work that you know, maybe this week or this month with my trial schedule, I just don't have the capacity to take on. Well, I mean, it's, it's a win-win though, because maybe they send you cases back or maybe the client gets help or maybe both. It's really interesting to me though, because like at the, at the highest level of everything, when you are truly believe what you sell, what you do, who you help, you don't have competition. You have future collaborators or your competition is inaction or it's somebody hiring a terrible attorney and then hating attorneys for the rest of their life. So I just, I love that you all have really embraced this. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, I think we're fortunate to be in a community that supports that, but um, you know, I'm on the phone, you know, not, not on a case that I'm adverse to a lawyer with, but you know, I have no problem getting on the phone with a lawyer and saying, you know, this is what I think strategically should be happening and what I would be doing here. And I think that helps a lot too, being there to, you know, help your lawyers or sending them a draft pleading. I mean, we all do a little bit of that, but I think it's really, you know, help me get those referrals. You know, if we're not, you know, adverse on a case, you know, attorneys know they can call me and we can discuss something. And I think that helps them feel comfortable referring clients to me from time to time as well. So um, you mentioned how clients get a warm handoff when the case is closed. Can you walk us through your process a little bit? Because I think that is an area where attorneys are losing sight of the repeat business, those connections. I mean, you're getting, you know, two and three referrals from some of your clients. So how, how does that warm handoff go? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, we have a detailed closing procedure where, you know, we send our client a really detailed email about what to expect at the close of their case. And, you know, that, that we're done and this is what they should expect. And these are maybe some loose ends that they want to take care of, you know, like getting the driver's license changed if we've done a name change for them. But we also do follow up with our clients, particularly in more contested cases, a few months down the line, six months down the line. I had a client deal with a really traumatic um, family situation that involved, you know, someone not getting medical care that they needed and, and that person could have died and we were able to intervene and make sure that the medical treatment was provided. And, you know, I felt so connected to those clients and they went through so much, you know, I've gotten in touch with them three times last year since, you know, their case closed, just, you know, hoping that the relationships that were harmed, I deal with family law, you know, so there's, you know, hoping that those relationships are starting to get back together, keeping in touch with those clients. And, you know, I sincerely do care about their case, but I, you know, I think they can see it when I do those, 
kind of things. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget that. But you know, we we do try to keep in touch. We're not on a particular schedule, but I'll look through the cases that have closed in the past quarter and say, you know, what clients do I want to catch up on, make sure they don't have you know follow up issues. And I think they've always really appreciated it, and they've never expected it. Is that usually something that you're doing, or is that a mix of you and it's and a team member or two? It's me. And, you know, sometimes it's feel good work, you know, because we deal with some we deal with some hard stuff. So it does make me feel good to go back and connect with these people and sort of, you know, remember, you know, in the grind of what we do from day to day, it can seem you know really tedious. Um, it's nice to go back and reflect on some of that as well. Um, I really should get this to be a more automated process. And I really should have my, you know, maybe my intake team doing some of this post closing work as well. Um, we're not there yet, but I think that would be the next step in how I can get some more things off my plate so we can continue to grow the firm. See, I, the one thing I want to, like, there's one thing to systematize it, but I think like I wouldn't automate it because so, like what you said is so true. Like you genuinely caring puts that conversation in a position where it puts the client at ease, as opposed to like, I'm sure there are firms out there that have it automated where it's like, Hey, do you need a modification? Is there something changed? Can we, can we upsell you? And I think that just can immediately ruin the relationship. Whereas from you coming from that real genuine need, that's where those become, you know, longtime raving fans. That's where they're coming back with their friends. That's where they're writing the best reviews and sharing you across social media and everything. So I just don't lose that real heart to it. Oh, and I totally agree with you, Jordan. And that's why we haven't implemented, you know, an automated review asking process, you know, um, so I think there's a lot to be said to that. And I know that's the trend and that's what everybody wants to do in their firms. We haven't done that. We may, you know, we may get there, but it's worked just fine for us to make these personal connections with our clients. And when the time is right, when we feel that relationship, you know, is that a point to ask for a review? We ask for one or we don't. Makes total sense. So I want to sort of flip this conversation a little bit. I want to like, let's get in our DeLorean we're going 88 miles an hour back in time. And it's like day one for you, the very beginning of creating all these systems and really building this community visibility. Um, or from the flip side, an attorney listening who knows they need to add this. Like, what's the first thing that you would do if you were recreating these processes? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, and I don't know that these are necessarily processes. These are sort of firm commitments and values that we have. You know, we we are we care about our clients and we want to provide effective legal services. We want to be a slightly higher touch firm than other firms are. Um, while at the same time, understanding that in family law, if if you are willing to be available for your clients 24 seven for anything that happens, they, they will let you do that for them. And we have to have some boundaries. So it's hard to find that balance and set up how you're going to do that. I think one thing that really was unique to my career path that got me where I was is that I started out in legal aid. So, you know, in one way, I had a lot of business to learn when I went out on my own because we didn't learn that as legal aid attorneys. We didn't have this implicit understanding of how billable hours impacted the profitability of the firm. But one really cool opportunity that I had as a legal aid attorney was I could talk to anybody in the community. You know, everybody was happy to talk to the legal aid attorney and, you know, give me input on cases. They knew I cared about the law and they knew I cared about doing a good job. So when I decided to go out on my own, I had all of these friends within the legal community that were willing to send me cases, knew I was a lawyer who knew knew what she was doing and support me. And I think that's one unique thing. I think some people um, 
may not recognize is such an asset. So if you're a young attorney and you know you didn't land the big law job and you know you're not ready to go out on your own you know um there's a lot of opportunity to set yourself up well for a future career by making the most of the position that you're in so um you know that was one thing that i think i did that really set up the path that i'm on and you know i'm all i've always been supportive of my fellow attorneys because they've done so much for me early in my career so and that's so interesting because at some point, I think that legal aid background becomes a positive, you know, because you can, there's a million courses online to learn the business of law and you can hire, you know, Chelsea Williams or people that do those things for the books and the training and all those things. But like just that human interaction that they're just like giving a crap about your fellow human. I, I haven't seen courses on that, like that you either have it or you don't. And I think legal aid really builds that in you. Um, and so it's so interesting that you, you have taken that to, to heart, I guess, pun intended. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's easy to get burnt out on family law and you've got to, you know, stop yourself and understand these people are dealing with, you know, the biggest crises in their life a lot of time and, you know, stop, be patient. And when you find yourself just saying, you know, I want to move this case along, I want to file the next motion, stopping and thinking, let me get on the phone, let me be human, you know, let's stop being the lawyer because these clients just want to be heard. And even when I lose a case, um, you know, if I've been there and I've been listening to my clients and I've been, you know, empathetic with them, um, they appreciate the work that I've done, you know, instead of just rushing them through a result and telling them, you know, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, this is how we're going to do it. You know, you've got to take the time to connect. And that's that's something I had to learn. That's not my natural disposition. So, and I love that concept, like... In essence, at the beginning, you're creating those core values. And I think that probably helps a bunch of decisions going forward. Um, have you felt that to be the same experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I'm big into processes. I think that's really important. But, you know, I've gotten so into the weeds with having great processes before that, you know, sometimes you lose the bigger picture. And it's important to have both, you know, and as I've done more and more automation, I've also realized, you know, there's more and more of the human element that's imperative to having your practice. And, you know, people aren't just going to pay you to run a robot for their case. That's just, you know, that's, that's not a viable business model, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, we need to be complementing ourselves with all of these technological processes so that we can be there in the human element, because that's not something that a machine can replace. Once more for the people in the back, you are not automating away from the human element. You are automating to give yourself more time to do those specific differences for people, to have those human moments, to be able to, you know, listen to them cry for an extra five or 10 minutes instead of having to rush them out because you've got to manually file 75 other pleadings and you've got a million other things going on. So you're speaking my language. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, that, that's, that's such a true trade-off. You know, I, I don't want to be under that time crunch. I want to be able to sit there, you know, with my client, you know, after court and sit in the hallway and talk through things and make sure they feel like they've been heard. So then, all right. So then I, I want to, let me try it this way. So obviously you've got the awesome background that really helps you connect with people. Um, you've got those core values in place, you know, you've been, and you all have been able to grow. I mean, I love the the quick responses that you're giving people. So walk me through, like, what are the two or three best decisions you've made having these things in place to get to that 650% growth over not even three years or just over oh, three goodness. years? Can't I do think, math. 
All right. So you you want one to three? Is that what you said? Yeah. Wh whatever you have, three to three to five, one to three. I, like, what what are the biggest things that you can look back and say, like, either that was a great decision or that's how I got to the great decision for me. Mm -hmm. So I think hands down, having a call answering service early on was great. Um, you know, I'm getting to a point now where I could maybe get rid of the call answering service and have a full time person. You know, do that, but. You, there are concerns about that, and, and I'm happy to have the call answering service. So I think that was an early, early good decision, but I think a lot of lawyers are realizing that's a good decision right now. Something that wasn't apparent to me, and I didn't expect to make such a positive impact in my firm, was um, getting an intake person, um, somebody there to talk to the clients really quickly before they could even get in for a consultation. And sometimes my consultations you know, are booked a month in advance. Um, so it's really nice to have a person call and I've just been blessed to have a wonderful intake person who has a bubbly personality, a ton of empathy, a ton of patience, is just very warm and my clients love her. So that was one of the best things I've done for sure. And it made a bigger impact on my firm than I expected it to. It's one of those things you hear all these people saying, you got to do it. You got to get an intake person. You got to get an intake person. It's like, well, I'll do it. And I did it and my firm has just continued to grow and grow since then. All right. So let me jump in on those. Um, so I know you mentioned Smith earlier. I'm a huge fan. We've had Maddie Martin on the show. I'm going to try to drop the uh, comment in here for our episode with Maddie, because you are so right in that. And it's like a, an email inbox is a task list. You can't control your phone is a task list. You can't control. And so when it's just you or a small office, getting those calls interrupts the total flow. Um, and so that's huge. And then you talked about an intake person and it's, uh, I'm telling you, we are so on the same wavelength because you talk about your intake person from the bubbly personality, from the genuine caring, and that is night and day for the position. You know, mm -hmm. I talked to so many attorneys that had their best paralegal became their intake person, but the reason they were so good as a paralegal is they were the dot the I's cross the T's person. Everything was correct. They followed the system. And then you move them into the intake and it's a totally different thing. So, you know, that bubbly personality, that genuine caring, that, you know, that person who is at legal aid, that person that has that heart, that is absolutely the right fit for that intake spot. Because I think so many people come to lawyers and they'll interview three or four firms until yours is the one that like actually listened to them, actually heard them, actually cared. And that is, you know, it makes all the difference to them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I have to give a shout out to Allison Williams, too, because she's had this great intake um, class that I took and, you know, how you talk to the clients. And I think that was really helpful to me to, you know, push clients to share more with you about their real problem, because I am so, you know, type A and lawyer and let's find the, you know, let's identify the problem. Here's the solution. This is how we're going to do it. And, you know, that's that's not how clients work. And so to stop and, you know, think through that and and use those practices moving forward has also really helped with conversion as well. And, you know, I've realized my clients don't care about what I say the legal solution should be by the end of the consultation. They care that they've shared their story and that they feel like I understand it. Well, and so much of family law is connecting them with a great realtor so that they can find a new house or place to rent or a financial advisor now that they're, you know, responsible for that part of their life or a therapist as they're going through all these things. Like, it's just amazing to me you know, what, what is it about family law? They say you get the best people on their worst days and like really being there for them as a lawyer, but as an advisor, but as counsel, but as a connection to 
other professionals will make the entirety of difference for somebody going through probably the worst part of their life, probably at least the most life-changing moment to, uh, you know, split two lives apart in this part of a divorce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any other, I mean, we've got the calls, uh, call answering service intake, any other just big things that have really moved the needle for you? You know, I think it's been really helpful to be more cognizant of systemization while not trying to go and think through everything that could possibly happen. But as something happens, we write a new template email and then the whole firm has the template email. And it's been really useful to us. You know, my intake team has pre-approved emails they can send to people. And we've just got, you know, we just continue to grow this library all the time. And that's been very useful to us really detailed answers to questions that I wouldn't have the time to write out for a client on an individual basis. So having that library has been great. And, and we use it, we use Front. So that library is saved within Front and it's easy to send those, they call them canned emails, but they're, they're saved in a way that in Gmail, it's not as easy to share them. So in Front, the whole team has access to them. Next step, you got to get a lot of those on video and then you can just send them the the video of, uh, of verbalizing it and build that relationship there. Oh, it's on my list. It's on my list, Jordan. There we go. So for, I mean, you know, you're, you're relatively new to the firm ownership, right? I mean, we're talking three years or so, mm -hmm. um, and obviously have driven great success. If you could go back and do it over, like what's that, what's that biggest piece of advice that you wish you could tell yourself on day one? You know, I wish I understood the business. So I, you know, I just kind of made things work for a really long time. And then I got Chelsea involved with my practice and she started bringing some insights into it. And, you know, I always understood, you know, we've got to spend less than we take in, but it's like, well, I'll figure that out later. I'll figure that out later. But, you know, as a lawyer, you know, you're always going to get pulled into the fog of war. Um, so having financial clarity and having that early on, I think would have been really helpful to me. I was just kind of made it work. And now it's a systematic process with goals and we understand what our costs are and, you know, we're saving for taxes in advance. And, you know, that's something that I, I didn't appreciate at the beginning. That's so funny. I swear to you, I did the, you can hire Chelsea Williams totally as a, like as a hypothetical, not realizing that's what you actually did for that part. So we're, uh, again, like I said, we're on the same wavelength. So that's, that's really funny. All right. Um, as we get towards the end of this, I mean, is there anything else you want to make sure we cover, you know, other than the biggest takeaway, you know, anything else that we want to touch on? You know, I think we've touched on, on most everything. You know, I think there isn't, you know, one, if that's one thing I've learned, you know, I had this vision of having this practice, that's going to be perfectly automated. And, you know, I still love automation. I spent a lot of time working on it every week, but I realized that's not the end goal of the firm. And I'm, you know, three years in, I have that appreciation now and it's, making that, you know, making that human connection as well and working on those side by side instead of trying to, you know, invent this robot, um, you know, to do everything. So I've realized it's much more about the people. We've got a great team here. And, um, you know, that's what it's really about having in place and having systems that augment the wonderful people that are on your team, like Terry and Nicole and Bethany, who are doing all this work to keep our clients happy. It's the practice of law, not the perfection of law. Every time somebody tells me that, I always take something else from it, but it's so true. And really, I just, I love it that it's really like, just take every day to be that much better than the previous day. Don't sit here and think like, oh my God, I don't have everything figured out a million times because the people that feel that way, 
then COVID hits and they have no idea what to do. Whereas the people like you and me are like, ah, eh, we'll pivot. It'll be totally fine. We'll figure it out. Like we've got the right infrastructure in place to make those smaller decisions and changes and whatnot. You know, Jordan, you're probably familiar with this concept, but what is it, you know, if you make a 1% improvement every day, you know, how how soon are you going to be, you know, double where you are? And you're able to, in, you know, improve your progress many times over if you're just willing to make a little incremental improvement every day instead of trying to change the world overnight. Yeah, I think it's, so it's 1% a day. I think with compound interest, it's like 70 days. You're twice there. And then I don't know, the year you're like five times or I don't, whatever, 70 I don't know. I can't do math more than that. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, so I digress. Our next episode uh, is going to air on Thursday. We have Jan Ruse, my fellow marketing genius, to talk about the legal marketing fast lane, how to build your competitive advantage. And I'm really excited, one, to talk with Jan about this, but two, to, to talk with Jan, period, but really to talk to him about this, because the more that we talk to these lawyers, and experts around the country, the more we find that competitive advantage, you know, that what sets you apart, that genuine caringness, that, you know, responding to people within six business hours or less, those things like that, that's what makes a difference. You know, there's 1.3 million attorneys out there and every one of your clients chose you to be their number one for a reason. And so I'm, I'm interested to hear how we find our competitive advantage, but I'm not going to let you go just yet because I want that diamond nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway so if somebody has been listening for the last uh, 30, 35 minutes and they take nothing else from this, but what you're about to say now, what is the biggest piece of advice that you have, the most important takeaway on how anybody listening or watching this can be the exhibit A of a successful attorney? You need to get somebody working on your intake team. You've got to start developing an intake team. That's the number one. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got marketing, you've got sales, you've got fulfillment, you've got hiring and pretty much everything a law firm does is one of those buckets. And so the intake thing, because, you know, a lead really has no value. It's that hired client. That's what's going to fund your firm. That's what's going to allow you to grow, give raises, hire more people, buy courses, hire experts, whatever is that you need to be a successful attorney like yourself. Well, great. Well, thank you for having me, Jordan. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I just want to make sure we have all the contact info uh, that you want to give. We have your website, uh, your firm LinkedIn page, your firm Facebook page, your personal Facebook page, and your email. You got it. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of successful attorney, please check us out at legalesemarketing.com. E-A-S-E. -E.